0: I am Batman! Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of... Wait a minute. We can't we can't call this Third Degree Burn. I mean, what are we gonna... We're gonna call this Sideburns. Alright? It, it's John Byrne related. So, yeah, that's what it is. But it's not the regular crew. My name is Brian Hughes and I am joined here by my son, Christopher. Say hi, Chris. Good morning, people. Good morning or well, good afternoon. It's like it's nine o'clock at night. So I'd, I'd be drinking alcohol if I didn't have to work tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, I probably would be drinking alcohol regardless. Anyway, Chris is joining me here for a very special show and um, we'll get into the subject here in a minute. but before we do that, let's just kind of uh, see talk about uh, you know like like we do on the regular show. What we've been doing, what we've been watching, what we've been, I mean, today, actually, we went to Fanboys here in Fort Worth. Um, They opened up their new main store over by Ridgemar Mall, and they were having a quarter comic book sale for all comic books that weren't graded. And I picked up about $7 worth. I mean, I just spent about, I don't know, 20 minutes at the boxes. Yeah, well, I, I saw you there. Them.
1: You 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 go through those boxes fast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, if you know what you're looking for, you, you, you just kind of sit there and go past all the stuff. It's kind of like with baseball cards. You're like, need it, need it, need it, got it, need it, got it, need it, got it, need it, got it. Whoa, where'd this come from?
1: Big Bang Theory reference.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. That, but I mean, oh, I was doing that long before oh, yeah. Big Bang Theory.
1: But still everyone gets it
0: yeah i think so i think i think think
1: anyone who listens to this show and you know reads comics in general you understand the feeling of going to the store and or or like you could go to walmart you can find dollar comic book packs there or ten dollar comic book packs there or you go to a comic shop and you'll see comic books and you'll just be like okay i got that i got that i got that i need that do i want to get that not right now (laughs) yeah it's
0: always like how much can i afford now what did you buy today
1: uh, I just bought some figurines for a D and D campaign I'm trying to run.
0: But I mean, you're just—I mean, the thing is, we did some D and D last year. Uh, our friend of show, Mike Carlisle, uh, ran us through Waterdeep. Us and several other friends, even even my wife was involved. Beth was involved. <laughs> And we had a pretty good time for it. Well, that took over a year, didn't it?
1: We played 677 hours worth of that campaign. How do you know that? Because when I logged into the uh, app we were using, Roll20, World World it 20. showed me the hours I played.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't and even And
1: I saw that I had 677 <laughs> hours played. Now, I'm going to tell y'all, I was asleep for about a third of that. Yeah. Because when it would get real, it was always on a Wednesday, and it was yeah. really so late it was at night. Wednesday nights,
0: we'd play for a couple seven
1: hours. 7 to 10, maybe even longer. And if it wasn't, High intense, I would fall right asleep.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I'd run out of room, and he <laughs> would
1: nudge me awake while our DM was like, "Chris, Chris, are you are you sure D D is for you? Then I mean, if you're well, off- the thing is, when we played in real life the one time, yeah, I was completely engaged the entire time, and I wasn't even tired, and we were playing late. We we were up until like one. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. so uh, it's oh, just we good
0: food. Too. It's that just really on
1: a, it's food. just about being engaged enough with the content material yeah and when you're in real life with other people you are going to be engaged because you have social interaction so you you definitely want to do this in person rather than doing it online like we were doing it absolutely i yeah. don't think i really want to play online like that again because yeah because
0: we were we were doing using roll 20 for the game itself and, and mike Carlisle pro gotten everything from water in there now, what I said was was great
1: about it was the fact that you got all those maps and yeah. the way you got to move the character tokens, right, right. But if it were me and I had the you know the money to do so, I just have a, a, a TV screen laying down, and you know everyone's pieces would be on the TV screen, and you would just move it like you would in the game, right, on your right. PC.
0: But instead, you're going to do it as, as- Paper, it, in purse, paper, pencils, boards, and, and yeah, not, not because all the
1: it it was a lot more fun for us yes. when we did it like that. Yes, it was, it and was, I think doing it like it. that would be much more interesting. Now, mm-hmm. away from that topic, uh, what we bought at the comic store? I think we were there yesterday,
0: and the day yeah, we, we went. There. We went to several comic shops yesterday. Um, uh, both the collected stores and uh, uh, Comic Warrior. Warrior comic, comic Warrior. Warrior. It's a, a, a shop that we found on. Um, uh Keller Parkway or what they call Golden Triangle uh Road and um what did I I can't even remember all what I bought I mean I bought All-Star Superman number 1 That's right
1: yeah and uh, I got I think I got ma- uh, a Robin issue where it had Peacemaker and the Blue Devil
0: Yeah yeah Peacemaker and the So blue Devil. Uh, you, got, you got you picked into those I, I actually found a a blue was it no it wasn't Blue Devil there was something there that I I picked up some older books that uh, I figured would be more expensive that weren't, and. Um, and they
1: had a, a nice sale going on for the weekend,
0: so we picked up a couple things. That's right, forty percent off. It and was forty any, percent anything, off anything under ten dollars. Ten dollars or under was forty percent off, and anything over was twenty five percent off. Uh, really, a nice shop there, and. Um, it it just uh, very well kept and all that. But all the shops that we went to collected, both of them that we went to, the one that's over off of um, 377 and then the one over off of Altamira are very well kept, very well yeah. staffed. Everybody at these stores are, 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 are just top-notch. And then, of course, we went to Sci-Fi Factory. Now, if you guys are asking what, where are all these comic book shops, DFW has got like 19 comic book shops uh, in the area that we could drive to in less than an hour, we could. Do, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm always saying if any of our friends of the show come into town and want to do a comic book crawl, I would be glad to run them from shop to shop to shop to shop just so they could check it all out. We can show them around and then, and let them see the Metroplex. And we've got a multi and it's not just like you
1: know just comic books they have there. A lot of them always have collectibles, manga, oh, yeah, I
0: mean, it, Gundams. All, a lot all of comic all, book shops have to diversify yeah, to stay in business. And
1: it, this, it, they're all really great. And a lot of the ones around here have some really great people who come in. I remember uh, Pastime Comics yeah. once had Lou Ferrigno come into the shop. Yep,
0: Lou Ferrigno. Uh, Sam
1: DeLa Rosa is a big uh, guy who always David comes in the Sanchez. shop. David Sanchez.
0: Yeah, David Ray Sanchez. Ray Park. Uh, made a, the, now Pastime seems to be really good at getting the guests to come into the shop. Yeah, uh, that are not just you know comic book artists or whatever, but also the uh, media guests. They're 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 getting these guys in, and the the Pastimes guys are not even what you would call strict comic book shop guys. These are guys that opened up their store as a hobby and they just seem to really know what they're doing and and their shop is doing wonderful
1: in business and they promote all these small creators who do artwork and comic books that aren't you know usually out on every shelf in the country yeah so
0: but but that that brings up an interesting subject and and we'll do this and then we'll get into the book yeah we, we got a lot to cover the books actually um Comic book shops in DFW are around everywhere. Even now that we've moved to our our new home, we've got comic book shops that are a 20 minute drive in virtually every direction. Sci fi factory collected, pastimes, comic warrior. There's actually uh, I think two like, two sci fi factories and two collected comic book shops within a twenty minute drive of us uh, in either direction. One eighty
1: one comics. I think that one's also a little bit uh, just yeah, and then a little there's ways. there's
0: next gen comics, next, there's yeah two thousand K comics over in, in South Fort Worth. There's I mean, there's a lot of shops here and what it says to me and the the fact that all these shops are flourishing. Um, of course, they're they're flourishing because they've they've diversified. You can't walk into any of them without seeing a crap ton of uh, Funko Pops. Not just Funko Pops, but, but yeah, usually you'll see trading D&D, card games sta- and you know, stuff yeah, like that. Statues and and you know any all all the type of superhero memorabilia and, and fun stuff. and Manga. Then you'll find some different things, manga, and um, just I, I mean a wide variety of, of things. If you're in another area of the country, another market, and you see that there's not enough. Comic book shops. Why don't you open one up? I'm betting that a lot of our listeners are probably in their fifties, maybe sixties. I know we got some in the forties and some that are younger, but a lot of you guys are older and probably thinking about retiring. Wouldn't opening a comic book shop be the greatest way to retire? Open up the shop, have all your friends come in, and and you know be a part of it, and then you've got a business going. And, mm-hmm. and if you got kids put them in it too slave labor it's really cheap
1: anyway <laughs> so that's what you were trying to do with your comic book collection with me <laughs> there you go now you know uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> no. anyway anyway um, um but one okay go. I have one more topic one more I wanted topic. to talk okay, about go ahead. and it's something big going on I think this October and mm-hmm. that is that huge collaboration between Godzilla and the DC Universe what are your thoughts on this
0: what now what uh, give, give me more information so
1: it's the monsterverse mm-hmm. godzilla and kong so we're going to see you know godzilla versus kong it's going to okay. be those two characters
0: from what we know there could be more right. like rodan could show up we don't know but this was this is basically part of that whole legendary thing now it's not yeah. i don't think it's called legendary anymore it's um something it, else i i I don't know, but Anyways, still... But, um, but it's Godzilla and Kong.
1: And Kong, and maybe more. We, right. we don't know because the comic line hasn't actually come out yet, of course. Like I said, October. But it's based off of what's supposed to be the next movie? Not based off of. So it's them and the DC Universe. Coming together. Come, uh, coming together. I don't know. It says verses, and so I'm expecting fights. But the thing is, here's here's a big problem that we run into. One of the big best panels we saw was of Superman flying towards Godzilla, straight dead center, and I'm like, that looks badass. Yeah, definitely. but in all it's general, in in general, you know, talking about these characters, Superman should whoop his ass indefinitely. That is 100,000 tons. Superman has bench-pressed the Earth for five days straight. We know that he is powerful enough to just throw uh, you know, Godzilla into the sun. Yeah. But, you know... There's... And that's what he would do. And that's what he would do. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if a lot of y'all will agree with me, but I'm going to state my reasons as why I say this. Superman and Godzilla have the exact same powers, just at a different rate. But Godzilla doesn't fly. No, they, they have the exact same power, which is like absorbing... Radiation,
0: Solar radiation. Or nuclear radiation.
1: Just radiation in general, they both absorb it pretty well. And that's what they are. They're nuclear reactors. And they turn that into power. Right, right. And that's actually just what Godzilla is. Now, I'm not saying there aren't versions of Godzilla that could kick Superman's ass. I mean, there's Godzilla from hell. Absolutely overpowered.
0: I don't know this one.
1: Yeah, you'll have to watch about it later. It's uh, crazy, we'll but still, like I am saying, this is a very weird matchup. But like I said, same powers. It's just how are they going to write this? How how will they make it to where it can be an even matchup? What power up could they give Godzilla?
0: Well, uh, maybe Godzilla's I'm, breath. All Lex Luthor is involved, and all of a sudden Godzilla's breath is Kryptonite ray.
1: Or kryptonite radiation.
0: Yeah, yeah, but so I mean, it, look, there's so, a lot of things you can do. There is so many. things And, and can the do. thing is, they've already done the kryptonite radiation gorilla, and Superman fighting. So that wouldn't be a, a, a far stretch either to yeah. see them do that with Kong. Maybe they'll bring Titano in. I don't know. But
1: there's yeah. a whole lot of you know that things we cool. gotta we gotta see. I'm excited for it because I just want to see what they do. The art looks great and awesome. But I'm just. Uh, it's just. I understand why everyone is always worried about stuff like this, and that is because whenever you have got something like this collaboration, mm-hmm. it's how are they going to weaken Superman to make it to uh, where this yeah, is a Yeah, How are they going
0: to nerf Superman? It, yeah, that's the term that we heard yesterday. When
1: in doubt, nerf Superman. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> that's
1: that's but, the same. I mean, the
0: thing is, if you can write it and make it um, organic to the story and plausible. Then, yeah, and plausible. I got no problem with it. If if you got like Lex Luthor or Brainiac or someone like that that's involved, or maybe even the you know Metallo, or you know one of the one of the other characters that you know somehow some way gets control of of Kryptonite, or you could see them getting involved with Godzilla or or whatever. Or like um, this is just a theory. Godzilla's
1: eyes are red. Yep. Could be Mechagodzilla.
0: Okay, there you go, Mecha Godzilla, and get make it Mecha Godzilla Metallo, or Mecha like, Metallo. With metallo <laughs> like with the Metallo, like with the Metallo's heart. Yeah, thing. yeah, that'd be really cool. That would be a huge chunk of kryptonite, though, wouldn't it? Well, we've seen Superman Returns. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, it's seen. That's that's a good point. Okay. Now, speaking of Superman, okay. before before we get to our book, one last thing. What's, what's the title of the show? The new the new animated series? My story?
1: Adventures with Superman. My
0: Adventures with Superman. So it's basically the story of, of Lois and Jimmy and, and Clark. And um, it's it's got a little bit of that Bruce-Tim feel to it, but not quite. And it takes a lot of liberties with the story. But I'm going to go to the younger person here and get their feelings on it. And that's Christopher. You're the target marker. Okay. You may be older than the target
1: marker. I am older than the target marker you know, Market. audience. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, I can say I can enjoy the show because I watched the original, uh, Superman, the animated series. Bruce I watched yeah. that when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Now I am 16 folks. I'm not that old, but I watched it just because we, I had, we, we
0: bought all the DVDs in blue rage. He, he used the DVDs up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, he, there <laughs> are, and some of the Batman CDs are done. Yeah. Um,
0: Tired
1: but by a new set anyways, so this new series, uh, I get what people are saying about the animation I'm enjoying it mostly because it looks a lot like Pokemon and that's what I watched growing up too I watched Pokemon it's I, got a lot of that type of animation I
0: don't mind the animation in it, it at all. that's
1: what a lot of people are complaining about they don't like the animation style I,
0: I just I thought that the writing and the liberties they've taken with characters and for instance uh, the, the 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 silver banshee now this of course is a creation of John burns and there's a big backstory with the character Siobhan and her brother Bevan, and and you know where she comes from and what she's doing, and they've completely sidestepped that. They've given her a, a completely different background, and she's just a, like a teenager, you know. In an in, adult. in, in well, she maybe she, she's an adult, but she is she just your like typical teenager. girl and not, you know, someone with this great backstory that's got Scottish background or anything like that. Well, and then her brother yeah. is not Scottish at all either, and he's not
1: this big hulking Well, there guy. was the friend who was with the brother and yeah, he yeah. was a big hulking guy.
0: But he was a big hulking guy, but, but what I'm saying is they've taken mm-hmm. liberties with that kind of backstory. How much more liberty are they going to take with the other characters? Th- that, is the a, other...
1: that is a good point, and I'm yeah. not going to argue with that. But the thing is we won't know until we see it happen Happen.
0: And am I being too much of a fanboy for expecting it or wanting it?
1: I think expecting it is too much for twenty-three minute episodes, for a big, nice, long backstory. Because you got to think well, about no, budget. I'm not saying you have to
0: give us the backstory. I'm just saying use the characters as they were written. Yeah,
1: no, I completely get that. But there's also like you're saying everyone's got to take. And yep. you got to take
0: these new takes into account. And the thing is, I'm yeah, enjoying. Yeah, that's what. What's his name? You said I've got a take on the Fantastic Four when he made Fantastic Fan Four stick, and then he. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, we we, we got to change subjects now because we need to get into the books. Because, Absolutely. Okay. So the books that we're going to cover here are uh, written by John Byrne, but the art is actually Jim Aparo. These are. This is the three issue arc, the Many Deaths of the Batman. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to cover those pretty much similar to how we do things on Third Degree Burn. Uh, we'll give you the, 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 the specifics on, this, on it. We'll give you a nice synopsis, and Chris and I will discuss the, the story as it is. We'll talk more story than art, but we will talk about the art a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so here we are. Batman 433, uh, published by DC Comics with a cover date of May 1989. It went on sale March 21st, 1989. With a cover price of $0.75 cents and a 32-page count. That's basically 22 pages of story and 10 pages of ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, of course, uh, was written by John L. Byrne, penciled by Jim Aparo, inked by Mike DiCarlo, lettered by John Costanza, colored by Adrian Roy, and that was edited by Danny O'Neill. Now, this, of course, was reprinted several times. I think it's been more than this, but... Um, There's a uh, trade paperback of The Many Deaths of the Batman. And then there is a uh, Batman, the Caped Crusaders, Volume 2 trade paperback that came out just about uh, three, four years ago. So here comes our synopsis. And I pulled this from the DC Fandom Wiki. Let me, uh, yeah, stretch that out. Okay, here we go. A police car screams across the Gotham City streets and parks in an alley to investigate a tip. To their horror, they find it's true. The Batman is dying, strung up on the fences as if crucified. An ambulance rushes him to a hospital, and amidst a frenzy of activity, they try to save his life. Two doctors fight when one of them tries to take off his mask. They're unable to save him, and the Batman dies. The corpse of the Batman is brought to the morgue, where a seedy journalist bribes the guard to let him get some photos. The next day, it's all over the papers. Batman Dead, is the headline. The Penguin reads the paper in Arkham and is furious. Two-Face reads the paper, flips his coin, and comes up the scarred side so he rejoices. Dick Grayson trembles with grief and Starfire attempts to comfort him. Alfred Pennyworth is shocked and runs into the Batcave to investigate, finding it empty. When Jim Gordon's out of town, hears the news, he immediately flies back to Gotham and goes straight to the city morgue. He says two words to everybody in the room Get out. The room empties, and he pulls off the Batman's mask to look underneath. It's a blonde man he's never seen before. On top of the Gotham Plaza, another man in a Batman costume is blown to pieces in a huge explosion as the bat signal shines bright in the dark city. Okay, well, that was pretty succinct. I thought that was a good synopsis. Mm-hmm. Those guys actually write, write some good stuff there. Um, this story, when it came out, of course, was a, a big deal uh, for the fact that that it was virtually silent. The only words were the, the words I gave you in the synopsis, get out, uh, from Gordon. Other than that, the, the sounds were there, like the sounds of the ambulance and such, but there was really no no uh, speaking during the course of the story, No no word balloons at all. So you're just basically relying upon the sequential art to give you the story as it is. And, I mean, Jim Aparo does not disappoint. Uh, he's always good at doing sequential art, always good at relaying action and moving the story along so that you're not lost in what's happening there. You you knew exactly what was going on. The police coming down the alley, the drunks sitting there pointing them towards the the body, and then they find this crucified body of the Batman. Now I say crucified... But he's got like one peg that's ho- nailed his glove into the fence, and then the other one's the other arm is uh, well, tied up.
1: You can very clearly see that they tried to. Yeah,
0: but it's it, it is the pose of the crucifixion. Yeah, it's yeah, a
1: pose of with Christ. his head
0: even leaning. Yeah, yeah. At, it's uh, so yeah, you got that there. Then of course um, ambulance getting to the hospital, and then the hospital it's 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 like someone called ahead and said code black. And everybody had to, you know, mobilize. And they they obviously think they're working on a Batman. Mm-hmm. And I like how when someone's trying to reach to take off the mask, someone else, like, swats them away and says, No way! That's not for you. Mm-hmm. And then, now this is the one thing that got me here. They actually, of course, they use the, the things to try to resuscitate them. The
1: defibrillators.
0: Defibrillators, yeah. But they do it over his costume now I gotta assume that Batman's costume is insulated anyway if it was a real Batman costume which this is not it's an imitation but it, it, if it was a real costume that it, it, that it would protect him from that
1: mm-hmm. but uh, but like you said it's the fake costume and the yeah. other fact is not many people have enough time to see what the costume is Yeah. so it's like you can it's not really a plot hole
0: right i'm not no one saying this well i mean the thing is I, real doctors wouldn't do this real doctors would have torn the shirt the yeah the that right off and gone right down to the chest right to the skin and obviously you know they, they meant to be this this to be quiet even though you know that in this operating room everybody's giving commands and stuff someone had to say clear everybody had to get their hands off you know and 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 the guy does pull his hands away cuz there was a guy doing CPR but he had to pull his hands away and then of course you see the uh, EKG basically doing the flat line and everybody walking away the guy's taking the body down to the morgue
1: kind of griefing
0: yeah you can tell I mean everybody's really bothered and sad and then the CD reporter comes in he's got that little smile on his face like I just got the story of the year he's a cat that got you know got the canary and he works his way down to the morgue and pays the guy off at the door and this is the part I don't understand, because he takes pictures of Batman, but he doesn't take the mask off. I guess the, the, the guy just wouldn't let him.
1: Well, I mean, come on, think about it. He, everyone's got to have a respect.
0: No, no, that's uh, not everybody. Well, And again, this is a reporter. Most. Now, so he takes a picture of, of him in that. But you know that editor that is, that's buying the pictures from him is like, uh, why didn't you take the damn mask off? true sure. and so we see the penguin in Arkham and he throws a temper tantrum we see two-faced lipos coin and you know cheer and we see one whole page dedicated to Robin and Starfire I actually thought you that mean, was a little too much
1: you mean Dick Grayson
0: well yeah uh, at this point yeah that's right he is he, he's actually Nightwing but yeah Dick Grayson I can't help but say Robin and um, I, I mean each one of these things the, the penguin showing him in Arkham Two Face showing him in his cell, and Dick Grayson and Starfire—they're all one full page each. I just
1: realized something that you know—I don't—I don't don't pay attention a lot about how certain stuff is. Yeah. But I noticed that they just showed the one half of Two Face's face, specifically because that's the half he is in that current moment. He's excited,
0: but I bet you—it's a twisted guy. Yeah. Yeah. But if it was, the twisted guy is going to cheer for it, where the the straight face of Harvey is is going to mourn because, you know, he thought of... I, I don't know that he thinks of Batman as a friend, but he lost something there. Yeah. And and, and that's why the Penguin is so angry, because he lost something. He lost the, the... The chance. The chance. Not necessarily kill Batman, but to flummox him or whatever, you know? mm mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, I mean, Dick and Corey have their moment there. Um, and then we see, of course, Alfred uh, at Wayne Manor and... You know, he runs down to the bat cave after seeing the newspaper to see that there's nobody in there. And then they show Gordon and someone whispering to him. He's at a, a convention of police commissioners. I guess they have those all the time. Uh, I wonder if they have a dealer's room for that. y'all <laughs> like, want badges? Or how about a bat signal? I, I know you want a lantern signal. Maybe you want a flash signal.
1: That's funny. Yeah.
0: I mean, what are, what are the things would you sell at a police commissioner's convention? I, I'd like feedback on that, if y'all could provide it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah what, what would you sell if you were a police commissioner and you had stuff left over from your superhero pals? Yep.
0: So, uh, continuing on, we see a, a, an airplane flying into the Gotham airport and Gordon making his way to the morgue. And he gets in there, all the cops are there around him, and he just says, get out. This is all, the only... Dialogue in the whole book, and once everybody's got now, and and the thing is, when you look at his face when he does it, it's not the face of someone that's angry or the someone that's resolute. It's actually the face of somebody that looks like they're in shock. You know? Yeah. So it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be like the Terminator get out, or you know, just someone saying you know, like telling everybody get out. It would be get
1: out. It would just be yeah, just like that monotone yeah but uh, i'm gonna say this go back uh yeah. that page okay so I-, I can't help but see it but when you see him tell gordon yeah it makes me think of that image of it was it was it i think it was kennedy who was in office during the i don't remember but whoever was in office during 9-11 no
0: that's bush
1: that's bush Kennedy I'm was way in off 60, yeah. i understand <laughs> i'm out of school yeah. I'm not going to remember that kind of stuff. All right, go ahead. So, but Bush. Yeah, it does yeah,
0: it looks like that exact the, image. You saw the color drain from his face, and this is from the 80s. Yeah, it's, it, but it yeah, looks and, exactly when it, when the this same. Told Bush about that. Yeah, you saw the color drain from his face when he was informed of that. And then he had to sit there and still do this smile thing for this group of students and everything. So, uh, that was really a, a tough situation. Um, so, uh, you know, he pulls the mask off. Finally, and he sees this blonde-haired man, and I mean, you can just tell it ain't Batman. And then the bat signal goes up over the city,
1: and there's and, another body.
0: And then there's another body, and then it gets blown up. And uh, people see the mask and, and everything, you know, falling down from the, the costume and mask falling, falling down from the sky because it was blown off of a building. And that's the you know the end of the first chapter there, and. Again, I just got to say, um, I, I know that at this period, point in time, Aparo was rather late in his career, and his pencils were not as, um, and I can't say crisp or whatever, because I, I you know, get everybody as they are. Um, it, I know that when Aparo was uh, originally doing Batman at the time that Neil Adams was doing you know, Batman, that sometimes people could confuse the two. And there's no way that that would happen with this art. And then Mike DiCarlo's inks on there. Um, I, I didn't think that Mike DiCarlo was necessarily a great fit for uh, for Jim Aparo. Uh, I, I remember Mike DiCarlo doing a lot of inks on Dan Jurgens, And I just thought that there were other inkers out there that I would love to have seen, like Joe Rubenstein um, or, or Carl Kiesel uh, doing inks on, on this to see how it would come out. But, uh, again, regardless, the... Uh, the art was 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 fine for the story, and it gave us everything. Aparo really uh, handled the sequential art pretty good. It's not burn, obviously, but it is Jim Aparo, so hey, good stuff. Now let's look at the cover here for a second. I I like it, but that's also because well, I let's prefer describe. I mean, basically, you've got the Batman cowl and a knife through it with a Punisher skull. No. It looks like the Punisher. It looks like
1: almost. a Punisher skull.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's into like uh, concrete, and all the concrete behind it is cracked. Uh huh. So it's very very evocative, you know. I mean, it, the you know you see that, you know they they definitely had a good image here, and the knife itself was good. And of course, this was drawn by John Byrne.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna say I do like it uh, quite a bit, but that's also because I like I prefer the. Um, the blue highlights over the black instead of the the black tone that's underneath the blue in most of the story here. Yeah. But that's just because I I more or less grew up with more of a black suit with blue highlights. Black. Mostly yeah. mostly watching the Conroy series that's that's what I grew up with.
0: Yeah. Okay, so if um if we're going to grade this. What kind of Okay, let's we're going to give a grade for the story, for the interior art and for the cover and then we'll have an overall great
1: okay uh now for the
0: cover itself i'm giving it an a an a for the cover yeah i, I thought that's a great that's an awesome so cover. you're giving that like a 93 or 95 i give it about 92 yeah
1: 92 92 yeah i'm gonna and, and this is just me uh, i'm gonna uh, even though i said i liked that yeah it, it just it's not my favorite it it's it's got something going on and it gives you a general idea, uh-huh. but it makes it doesn't draw me in to make like if this was on a shelf, yeah. I'm not going I want that comic. I snatched it right up when I saw it. So So yeah. that's that's just me. That's yeah, just yeah. me. No, no good.
0: So I'm gonna go with an 84. So B. So okay. B. Now the story also and I'm gonna give that a high B. I'd be like an 88, 89.
1: Okay, for that I'm going to give it an A, ninety, ninety one, ninety two. Ninety one, ninety two, good. Because um, I think it tells you, it tells you everything you need to know without almost any words being said, and I think that is what makes it so great. Because if you're able to do that, and you're able to, it's it's intuitive. It's nice, right? And I like it. Well, and and, and so
0: so, I I mean, the thing is, I I will give the art uh, the higher grade here. I'll give the art a ninety two also. Um, because, okay. because it is so sequential. I mean, yeah. No, I'll give the art. I'll agree with you on that, but not the inking. No, no, and then that's the, the thing. It would have had a higher grade if it had better inking. Well, I'm not saying this because you said it earlier. I'm
1: saying it because yeah. I uh, the only scene I can truly say I liked with the with the inking yeah. was when Batman looked crucified. I think that's the only part where it
0: looked its best overall. And that's because it didn't have any of the facial... You know, it didn't have faces in it, and, yeah, and I think it it looks better for that. Um, but I mean, the thing is, and the reason why I'm giving it such a high grade is because the art tells the story without any dialogue, and I mean that's a testament to the writing, the way they came up with the story, and what Jim Aparo did here in telling the story without needing any any anything. And you'll see that, that the grades change differently in the later chapters when you've got dialogue also in there. So we'll, we'll take a look at that as we move on. Now, but, no. um, I'm going to
1: say this for the people at home. Now, what I said earlier about the cover, yeah. I understand if anyone is confused by this. That is because, and this is just what I think, yeah. um, I've been spoiled by modern artists and covers today. And a lot of the covers today have a lot of different it's more encapsulating because there's more colors there's more stuff to pull you in mm-hmm. and usually there's something else there and i think i've been spoiled by that as a newer and you know younger audience
0: and, and that's part of why you and i are doing these things together what we're doing here and what mm-hmm. we're going to be doing in the future we'll talk about that later mm-hmm. uh it's just you know to kind of show you know the difference uh, uh you know the the enjoying the aesthetics differently as a young person today and an older person today and i i I hope that we're able to demonstrate why each of the opinions are valid even though his is kind of stupid oh i'm kidding i'm kidding anyway um Mm -hmm. but yeah what i'd say about you know the thing is this cover though you know basically tells you what the story is about i mean it gives you you know, yeah, no, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, but it, it's just because it, I. But whereas today's covers don't. Today's covers, in fact, are not necessarily done the same time as the book, and it's just a usually a a pinup of the character or characters in well, poses. No, it's got nothing to do with the story. Well,
1: I'm going to say that a lot of them do. If like you bought the Dark Crisis variant cover right. for number one, right. That showed you a lot. It had this dark mass encapsulating mm. Jonathan Kent. Yep. And that really shows a lot of what's going to happen. I mean, in that story, you saw a lot of what happened to him. And he was in, he was going into a bit of a darker place. I mean, he got, he saved himself. Dick saved him. I don't think I've read
0: this book just yet. You so have... he just spoiled a whole bunch for me I didn't know. Well, you're fine. <laughs> you're not going you know, to read I've got it No, anyway. I've got it all in my reading stack, but, you know. Anyway, um, but it sounds like both of us gave this book a low A. I, I say a altogether, 90. Altogether, alt- the final score for the whole book on both of us is like I, a, a 90. I'll give it a 90, 90 90 flat. 91. Somewhere in, in there. So, uh, I mean, it's a good grade. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is going to be Batman 434. And, uh, I mean, pretty much everything is, is uh, virtually the same. This is Batman 434 by DC Comics. Came out in June 1989 with a cover, uh, a sale date. That was cover date of June 1989. On sale date was April 18th, 1989. Cover price was 75 cents. And uh, we've got 32 pages, uh, 22 pages of story, obviously. This one is titled, How Many Times Can a Batman Die? And uh, it's written by John Byrne, penciled by Jim Aparo, inks by Mike DiCarlo, lettered by uh, John Costanza, colored by Adrian Roy, reprinted those the same two books I told you about earlier. Um, this is... Did I miss something here? That was... Okay, so 433 was that one, 434 is this one. Okay, so here we go. Here's a synopsis for Chapter 2, how many times can a Batman die? <clears throat> Batman finds himself in hot pursuit of a mysterious cloaked person across the rooftops of some small city, and when he finally captures the person, both of them fall into the river. A few hours later, a body is picked from the Gotham River by the Gotham City Police Department, and they're shocked to learn it is apparently the Batman's corpse. The doctor, the doctor assistant coroner, verifies the death to Com- Commissioner Gordon and they arrange for the body to be taken to the morgue where the cause of death will be revealed. When they remove the cowl from the corpse, both Gordon and the doctor recognize the man as Mark Jenner, former stock car racer who was paralyzed in an accident years before. The doctor believes Jenner couldn't, could perfectly be the Batman, but Gordon knows better, as this is the fourth dead person wearing a Batman costume. Later in his office, the GCPD headquarters, Gordon examines the evidence and tries to make a connection between all the victims, but he's unable to come up with something. When the autopsy results are revealed, the doctor informs Gordon that Jenner drowned, but the water in his lungs reveals he didn't drown in the river. At that moment, the notorious athlete uh, Peter Allison arrives at the sweatshop gym in order to fulfill his end of an arrangement with the manager of the place. The manager however is baffled at allison's presence in his gym but allows the stunt to continue as it means free publicity for his business allison then goes to the changing room and comes out dressed as batman much to the manager's surprise allison starts performing some acrobatic movements on the bars when he is shot with a crossbow from the storage room of the gym the ball pierces allison's chest and kills him instantly When Gordon and the police arrive to investigate, they also learned that the tip of the bolt was poisoned to make sure the victim would die. While investigating the crime scene, they eventually find the murder weapon and the gym's manager recalls that the crossbow Olympic champion had recently arrived to the city. In the meantime, Batman has captured the cloaked woman and takes her to the French authorities when he learns about the supposed death of Batman back in Gotham. Following their only lead, Gordon and the Doctor go to interrogate Rafael de Gorda and, oh, and his mansion. On their way there, the Doctor insists that the man who have been killed could have well have been the Batman, as she believes that uh, there to be many of them. However, Gordon knows this, knows better, and he is certain that Batman is the only one man whose sacrifice for the, the city is sometimes greater than the gratitude shown for his actions. Eventually, Gordon and the doctor arrive at DiGiorda's place and they're shocked to learn the man is already waiting for them, dressed in a Batman costume. DiGiorda explains that he was invited by Bruce Wayne to a costume party and that the Batman costume came with the invitation. Gordon starts telling DiGiorda that the Batman of the Batman murders, but he ignores the warning. And right then, the doctor comes to the wrong conclusion that Bruce Wayne is the killer. Gordon steps forward and defends Wayne as a respected citizen, but the doctor's opinion stands. As the two of them argue, Orta collapses and is dead seconds later. Back at the morgue, Gordon and the doctor in Orta was poisoned with a special chemical that was coated in the Batman costume. Without any delay, Gordon makes arrangements to go to Wayne Manor, whether to interrogate Bruce Wayne or to save him altogether. Gordon and his men arrive at Wayne Manor, where a weary Bruce welcomes them into his house. Gordon informs Bruce about the Batman murders, but Bruce has not received a Batman costume. It is then that Alfred recalls that a package came earlier in the day. Bruce opens the box of Gordon and his men watching closely, and indeed, they find a Batman costume inside. Without any doubt, Bruce and the others realize that he was the target, but the murder attempt has failed. When the police officer takes the belt of the costume and locks it together, the suit starts melting, the cupboards it was placed upon with a strong acid, which would have been a gruesome death for Bruce Wayne. Although the crisis has been averted, Bruce makes the most important question, who is the next victim? Elsewhere in Gotham, a fat bald man has been lured into a trap by a city gal, and he's forced to wear the Batman costume before the killer strikes again. So, I mean, the, the story gets a lot more involved. Of course, it gets a lot more involved with dialogue.
1: And it's active. And and it's, very active.
0: And it's everywhere. I mean, you've got several people coming in and several characters you've never seen before. And it's got a little... Uh, a, a, a couple switch, switch fakes moments uh, that uh, get you here. And I think like the best one actually is... You know, from the opening sequence, mm-hmm. you see, and I didn't realize, you know, just by looking at it, that it was Paris or France, you know, you just see, No, uh, the
1: thing is I did and it's only because it's the Eiffel Tower, right? Back well, there. not just the I, Eiffel Tower, but the way that the structures look and, you know, yeah. I was in a French class, so you saw plenty of those. And so I was like, that does look. A little it bit it like didn't France.
0: occur to me off the top of my head. I was just when I was reading yeah. it the first time. I was just looking through it. And I didn't realize that was the Eiffel Tower. And them having the two lights on, it kind of dis- distorts it a little bit, so you mm-hmm. can't actually tell that it's the Eiffel Tower. And then Batman's running across the rooftops with this woman. And go, now, is this Batman, or is this somebody in a Batman costume? I and mean, who's this person with the red cape?
1: I-, I can almost safely say it's Batman. I mean, look at those calves.
0: Well, I mean, the <laughs> the, the, the first guy that they found was very muscular, too. Uh,
1: so. I know. I'm doing, I'm joking.
0: And, of course, that was because that guy was a bodybuilder. Yeah. Apparently. But um, so he's, he's following this red cape figure and they get into a fight and wind up going into the water. And then, of course, you turn the page and the next image is them fishing a dead Batman body out of the Gotham River. And it's like, what just happened? I mean, because he went into the water and then what, he's just dead? He just drowned?
1: Well, that's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't make sense.
0: But um, we get we start getting dialogue here, and we've got this new um, pathologist who thinks that she's the female Quincy. That's a story, a TV show from the eighties.
1: <laughs> but um, I'm gonna be honest, she annoys me a little. But well, I get her at reasoning. one point
0: I was thinking maybe she might have been the killer.
1: Uh, okay, here's where I was. I was thinking she was the killer. Yeah, and the cop who picks up the belt. For some reason, I thought he was a victim and he that he was going to be a kill that he was the killer oh but no but and, no and I, I was way wrong but that's just because i was all over the place with this and that's the point of it It gets you going all over the place who the hell is the killer and
0: why and mean why is all this happening cuz i mean really we didn't get we we did find out that one guy was you know a stock car racer mm-hmm. one of the very best yeah what's the what's
1: the deal with the the choosing and picking the people but we find that out later. But, I mean, this man, Allison, he comes out, and, I mean, he's one really prissy prince.
0: Uh, he reminds me, actually, of North Star from Alpha Flight, the way he acts and, and, and everything. But he looks like Tim Matheson, Otter from uh, Animal House.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I can see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it looks like it looks like Otter but, from Animal
1: House. I, I'm like, this is... This is
0: but he seems a lot thinner than when he walks in in his street clothes. And then he changes into Batman costume, and all of a sudden there he is, this smoking. Yeah, I mean, Batman. rib cage doubled in size. But then he gets right in the heart with a crossbow bolt that kills him instantly. I mean, there's just you know.
1: Hey, hey, I'm at least it was instant, and yeah. it wouldn't have been like Bruce Wayne's death, freaking acidy horror.
0: Yeah, that that would be nasty.
1: But ooh, but like I said. It, this is a very interesting issue. I, I think it goes it, into depth. In
0: fact, is looking at this page here, where he is uh, the the gymnast is flock. I mean, just women are flocking around him and everything. This actually looks like an image from Alpha Flight, and I'm wondering if it was an homage. But I, I'd have to dig. In well, place. I
1: mean, for some reason, when I first looked at it, I was like, "It looks." He looks like Dick Grayson.
0: Yeah, a little bit. He's okay. just thinner, thinner in the face. Yeah, of, then the, those those shallow cheeks and all that.
1: Yeah, it's just. It was weird. This was very weird.
0: Yeah. Um, And then, you know, Gordon comes in and they, um, you know, find all the weapons. And this woman starts sitting there coming up with her own theories. But we go back to Paris. And then when when I saw this page here, uh, and this is page 11, I went all the way back to page 1. And I said, okay, so that was someplace completely different. If Mm -hmm. I paid attention, I could see this was a... A fake out, and yeah, they, and, and, they
1: had you going there. But
0: yeah. that was that was good. And then obviously, yeah, he's a, he's definitely in a foreign country, not Gotham at the at the docks, which is just like all like warehouses and yeah, yeah, all that. Anyway, but yeah, Batman comes in and brings this person in, and I'll tell you now for nothing, this red-caped woman that we see here, she she's wearing like a white costume and red cape with uh. uh cloak over her head or the, the um, hood mm-hmm. over her head you never ever hear from her ever again in any other Batman book or anything she's a nobody a nothing that's it that's all damn <laughs> yeah. and so Batman sees the newspapers you know one, one of the, dead. Yeah, the yeah, Batman dead yeah Batman more um but we go back to Gordon and the the pathologist as they're sitting there talking over uh their ideas and Gordon goes in and strong arms this um this one rich guy, uh, that well, it, it was the butler for a rich guy. It's not Bruce Wayne, it's not Alfred. Um, and the guy, that's where the guy is already dressed up. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's being invited to Bruce Wayne's party. Oh, uh, the Italian guy. Yeah, Di Gordia. The it's weird. Well, the thing is that the editor in chief at, at DC Comics at the time was Dick Giordano.
1: Oh, I just thought he was really into pizza. Or,
0: or, or Giordano may have retired by this point. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, yeah, no. Yeah. He, he, no, no, it's not DiGiorno.
1: Yeah, no, I know this. But DiGiorno. At least, at least yeah, but, he caught on. It's, it's way, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no. um, And I like how he like invites him in and is like, How y'all doing? Yeah,
0: yeah. He, he, I mean, he's, he's doing this thing and... and They're talking, and it's funny, because the guy puts on the Batman costume, and he's parading around in front of them and everything, but they get so locked in conversation, and it's because she thinks that Bruce Wayne is the killer. That they get so involved in their conversation, they don't see that this guy is starts done. sweating and he's going down and he, he, dies, he dies right he, there. Bro.
1: He dies in seconds, <laughs> dude. That's what's you got to think about it, though. He
0: dies in seconds. What the hell did they place well, him? You there? almost have to assume that Gordon actually knows that Wayne is Batman. Oh, I think Based he knows. Based on how, oh, no. how heavily he def- defended him here. Well, there's that, and but he, and his talking about or earlier when he was talking about how he knew the Batman, yeah, and and shaking hands I, with them and all that. He, I think he,
1: I, you know what the funny thing is, what? he know he's gonna he's gonna be like he shook Batman's hand and then he shook Bruce Wayne's hand and that's the moment he knew.
0: Is this like um, um, Mary Jane Watson in the Tobey Maguire Spider Man? She kisses him at the end of the movie and realizes oh, it's the same guy that I kissed upside down. Yeah. She's not kissing enough people, apparently. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, at this point, Gordon and and the pathologist they go to Wayne Manor. Bruce Wayne comes out. He's in his robe.
1: And I'm, I'm gonna say this to y'all. I, I was reading this, and I heard him in Kevin Conroy's voice. Yeah. In the in my ears, I could hear the Bruce Wayne, and then when he became Batman, you heard the Batman. Yep. And I'll, 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 it's crazy
0: how your mind does things like that. Mm, I mean, back then... Um, Who were you? I, well, you know, the thing is, for a long time, when I would read Batman, I would hear the Adam West voice. And I'm not talking about the Adam West voice that you would hear on the Batman TV series of the 60s, but the, the Adam West Batman voice that you heard on Super Friends. <laughs> because he reigned in that... That... Awesome... Batman, you know, he, he didn't yeah. do that. He 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 played it straight, and um, so I was able to to read it in that voice. But now I'm I'm hearing Kevin Conroy, so yeah.
1: I think, and we all know why.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> just awesome. But yeah, so they get the R. R. costume, and um, I mean, again. Yeah, Paro's sequential art is is really pretty good here in in all of this. There's no it, it, doubt what's going on in the story. Yeah, when reading this,
1: I f- I didn't feel like I was reading. I did feel like I was watching like a, a miniseries mini series play yeah. out in yeah. front of me, and so I was it, it was more enjoyable. You were
0: engaged.
1: Yeah, I was very well engaged.
0: Now a lot of comics, you know, if there's a lot of reading to do, he's like uh, too long. Didn't read. <laughs> you know, you well, know. it's not like if there's too much. It's just like if there's got to have something to keep moving the story along. Yeah, it's
1: got to have something to make here. more I- intrigued. And, and I gotta
0: say, the acid that that should have killed Bruce Wayne—it's freaking brutal. This is nasty acid because it's got everything looking, looking like you know someone just made the nastiest pot of spaghetti. No, no. It looks like someone just threw up some crazy-ass Pepto-Bismol. That, that or the Horda <laughs> attack. The Horda from Star Trek attack. Ugh. Uh, anyway, and then so now most of the guys that have been killed in the Batman costumes have been guys that have been decently in, in, in decent shape. shape, you know? The last guy that we get here, he looks more like Fred Mertz. Or, um, he looks like the guy from Planes,
1: Trains, and Automobiles. What? Who's the... Wasn't there... John Candy? The big guy on Playing Strings... No, animals. no, I feel like no. they, they look a lot the same. The body... The, I, the body yeah. shape
0: may be this, That. That's that, that what shape. I'm
1: thinking. Not the face.
0: It's, it's, it's more like... Uh, I mean, because he, he looks more like uh, the, the, the bald guy from Tenacious D. This is uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. And apparently he gets attacked by some kind of snake thing. But you see the snake right up there. But then what's all this?
1: That's a... Oh. I... Okay. I'm just going to make an assumption here. Someone's holding the snake in their hand, and it's, like, balled up on their hand.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that makes it's sense. Like a, okay, uh, That's the one area where the art failed me, but it was in shadow. And so that's why, I mean, because it was all black. Yeah, that, leave it up to the imagination. <laughs> so um, with that, that's the end of this particular issue, and we're going to go back and look at the cover now. And the cover is another John Byrne cover. And it's in the morgue, the city morgue, and this actually looks like the morgue from the movie Night Shift with Ron Howard and Henry Winkler. But anyway, regardless, uh-huh. um, you see uh, Commissioner Gordon over at one side, out of the out of the light, and then in the light you see four of the five. morgue con- uh, five yeah five of the morgue containers open up, and all these Batmans. Uh, in different stages of, of, uh, of destruction. Of death. Yeah, I mean, they're all dead, but their costumes are torn up in different ways. Very much. Uh, and you see some guy, like orderly or whatever, from the morgue pulling them out. Um, it's really, really a cool image, but once again... I it's don't, very graphic. It's very graphic. I don't think it's the kind of thing that necessarily makes someone want to pick up the book unless they're already engaged with it, because... It's like, what? No, no. There's five Batman
1: and they're all dead? That's wrong. No, no. You think that, this-, this intrigues me more because I'm like, why is there five Batman? Five dead and Batman. And why yeah. are they all dead? Okay, well. And that's got me, that, that makes me intrigued. But then I'd realize this is part two and then I'd have to go find part one. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I would go find part one and be like, oh, this is the comic I skipped over. I'm going to buy that. All right. That's, that's what would happen to me personally. And I give this one like a ninety-four, because
0: the cover.
1: Yeah, because it's got more. It it intrigues me way more, and it pulls me in, and I feel the need to want to buy it. Okay,
0: I would I would give it an eighty-six, and it's because I I I don't know. There's something there's something missing from it. I can't explain what it is. It's a good. It's a great cover. I love it, but I don't love it. I'm not in love with it. Yeah, (laughs) That's what you say to a girl when you're breaking up with her. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Okay. Anyway. um, But yeah, 86. And then, so the story, again.
1: Phenomenal.
0: Really good. Moves along. Um, There are things that you don't need to know, so you never find out, like, who's the girl in France and stuff like that. It just moves along, and it presents you with a lot of information. And uh, I think that Chris and I may get into an argument on the last chapter, though. But, uh, yeah, I'll give Mm. the story a 95. I concur. And then the art, 90. Maybe 89. I mean, it's Uh, a
1: high B. I'm going to give it a 92. 92? Uh, Because I love the France scene there. I think it looks great. And I love how, what's his name, Mr. Allison is drawn? Yeah. I love the way Bruce Wayne looks. Because Bruce Wayne, to me, looks great there. That side shot of him, yeah, you can see the cheekbone. You can see how he looks, him coming down the stairs. It's great in how you were talking about the sequential art. Yeah. It really flows along the story. So you have this idea of everything that's going on and how fast it's going on. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I give it a 92 because it really does go along nicely. And you see... Uh, like you see a scene and it will happen in three panels but it feels just right. It doesn't feel too
0: extended to too little. There's only one thing that's actually missing in this type of story that you expect in every police story where you have murders like this. And that's at least one person losing their lunch over what they're seeing you know you see the guy that's got yeah the crossbow bolt or well so much of them lost their the, lunch the and that pecto mess yeah, of yeah, acid the, the the thing that yeah, but i mean the, the guy dying there in the, the in the costume or just, just any of those cases where it would fish the body out of the water and all that it, it, it's just you know that's the one thing that didn't happen you didn't have any one person and you, i'm just like i'm sitting or looking around the the artwork of the murder scenes as as they're discovered, and there still is not any one person, that's. But we do got to take in mind is
1: Gotham. Yeah.
0: They've well, seen some oh, shit. This is true. This is true. There is that.
1: So, like,
0: yeah. But a- anyway, so um, so the art. Um, what was your? Ninety two. Ninety two. and I gave it a ninety. So, uh, and I really like how Batman looks there. What page is that? That's um
1: twelve. Uh, yeah, I like twelve. His face on the third middle panel.
0: I think it looks uh, it, it's, well, When he looks at the newspaper. Yeah. yeah,
1: the confusion that it has there. It's it's palpable.
0: Well, I'm only mostly dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he so, would say I've
1: been dead since I'm eight. So yours is a
0: solid A. Uh, mine is a B plus on that one. A B
1: plus to maybe an A. Yeah, that's what that's what plus, I think you were saying.
0: Um, and so now we get to the third one. And um, let me make sure I get the right thing here. 435, yes. Okay, so this is Batman 435. Uh, cover date, July 1989. So, guys.
1: 89,
0: nice. Yeah, and, and I just realized the last issue came out uh, just days before Michael Keaton, Tim Burton's Batman. Debuted debut in the theaters that's that's actually that's kind of good for us since we watched the the flash recently uh yeah and uh, uh, i get a lot of that's, people that's didn't that's careful. for another time now, we'll, we'll talk about that for another yeah you liked i liked it i didn't dislike it but yeah it's for another time uh so yeah the on sale date may 23rd 1989 cover price 75 cents page count 32 cents Uh, Written by John Byrne. Penciled by Jim Aparo. And by Mike Carlo. Yeah, 32 pages with 22 pages of story. Sorry. Uh, Letter of John Costanza. Colors to Adrian Roy. Reprinted in those books. Yeah. The title of this one is Chapter 3, The Last Death of the Batman. And, um... Yeah, this is uh, so okay cape-sized uh, synopsis. All these synopsis I did get from the DC Fandom Wiki. Um, actually, pretty good uh, write-ups on there. So uh, check it out if you want to learn stuff about the, about the books. Um, this one didn't have a lot of background uh, information. None of these actually had a lot of background information other than the characters that were involved in it and you know their final disposition. And strangely enough, when I went to Byrne Robotics to try and find out about this storyline, there was only one um, thread that was specifically about it. And that was a person that 25 years later was asking John Byrne a series of questions about how he came up with the story and everything. And Byrne's story was, dude, it was 25 years ago. I don't remember anything i mean that's that's basically what he said and he even used the word dude in his art in, in his response wow oh yeah i damn. know I was, like, I was really surprised anyway so here's the synopsis of chapter three the last death of the Batman i'm gonna get some water because my mouth is getting dry and that makes me stutter ah, me 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 you, you anyway here we go you good there man yeah I'm fine All right, the Gotham City Police Department are on the scene of a homicide when they find that the deceased young woman scratched a bat into the carpet before she died. Meanwhile, in Wayne Manor, frustrated Bruce Wayne laments to Alfred that so long as the police are at Wayne Manor protecting him, he cannot leave his Batman, preventing him from finding the bat killer. Furthermore, Bruce informs Alfred that the killer has somehow deduced Batman's identity because all of the victims were uh, mentors of Bruce Wayne on his quest to become Batman. At that moment, Commissioner Gordon goes over the evidence and tries to find a connection between the murders and eventually he realizes there is one killing among all of them that doesn't fit the pattern. Frederick Stone was killed in a manner similar to his own area of expertise while the others were killed using clues and references to the next victim. Elsewhere, a man called Jerry Sawyer prepares another deadly Batman costume, hiding it away from the woman he loves. Finally, Bruce Wayne can, no longer take, can, you know, can take it no longer and risks sneaking into the Batcave with help from Alfred, who distracts the police officers in Wayne Manor by preparing a delicious meal. In the cave, Batman analyzes the list of the, of the Bat-Killer's victims so far. Knowing the killer's pattern, Batman deduces the next victim would be Aurelius Bach, the man who taught him about toxins and poisons. However, his deduction comes too late as Batman learns that Bach had been found dead shortly after his arrival to Gotham. Moments later, Batman meets with Commissioner Gordon for the first time since the whole affair started, and learns about Gordon's deductions regarding Stone. During the conversation, Batman explains the killer's pattern and his confusion regarding Bruce Wayne. After this, Batman follows the pattern of the killer and deduces who the next victim would be. Jerry Sawyer, the killer, meets with Mr. Shastri to give him a Batman costume, but Shastri is, in fact, Batman in disguise. Batman tries to stop Sawyer, but the electrified costume stuns him long enough to allow Sawyer to escape. Back at the Batcave, Batman analyzes the evidence and finally deduces that Jerry Saw- Sawyer is a forged identity created by Frederick Stone, one of the former members of the once uh, one responsible for starting the whole Bat killing. At that moment, Stone makes his last-minute arrangements to kill the next victim, a man called Campbell, and he leaves his house in a hurry, much to the woman's concern. Batman appears after Stone has left and warns the woman to leave her home as a security measure. Finally, Stone's about to kill Campbell in his hotel room when he's stopped by Batman. Confronted by the Dark Knight, Stone reveals that he had deduced that he had trained trained Batman in the past when the Dark Knight used a technique to defuse explosives only known to him. Fearing that some of Batman's greatest enemies might deduce the same, Stone faked his own death as part of the Bat-killings and started to kill people who trained Batman. Adopting the new identity of Floris Jerry Sawyer, and thanks to his own deduction, Stone managed to find many connections to the Dark Knight, and his ultimate goal is to eliminate as many mentors of the Dark Knight as possible in order to prevent an eventual conflict with Batman. With Batman's enemies, excuse me. Finally, Stone inquires as to how Batman found him, and the Dark Knight reveals that all the information he needed was provided by the woman that the police had found who was also murdered by Stone. After hearing Stone's confession, Commissioner Gordon and the police arrive on the scene and they finally capture the killer. Batman doesn't stay long as he needs to go back to a certain woman and tell her about her beloved Jerry Sawyer. The end. Yeah. Okay. This, This particular chapter for me was a step down. From the other ones, and I'm just talking story itself, not the art, not Uh, the cover, just the story, because there (laughs) is at least one huge gaping hole in it at the end. So here, here you have a guy that knows Batman's secret identity, Mm -hmm. and he lives. Yep. And this guy, now, and Batman even says. Being able to convict this guy for those murders is going to be incredibly difficult. Yeah, because well, they're they're not going to have the true forensics, uh, uh, you know, evidence that they need. I mean, they've got all this stuff, but linking it to him is going to be really, really difficult. Unless, of course, they can figure out where he got all those cheap Batman costumes.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, I I agree with you, but I also I'm going to say this. If if he's left alive. Yeah, it's not going to be for long. What happened to Joe Chill? Whenever he found out who the Batman—well, Joe Chill went
0: and told everybody.
1: Exactly. You know, hey, I—I I, I did the, ba- I made the Batman. I know who the Batman
0: is, and everyone, you know, like. But this uh, guy is so afraid of being killed. He's not going to tell anybody. I trained Batman. Yeah, I mean, he—that's th- th- the one thing he definitely doesn't want to do. He's going go to go go to prison. Probably, he's probably going to go to prison anyway for trying to kill the Batman and killing all those other people. And what are the criminals going to do? They're going to go, Ah, he's one of us. You know? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, this guy knows Batman's secret identity. Or at least he thinks he knows Batman's secret identity. Yeah. And do you know what, how many times we hear from this guy after this in all of continuity? Never. Never. Guy never shows up in any stories later. Now, as far as Burns concerned, he only did... A few Batman stories. Um, Aside from this, he did uh, some of the Batman black and white, and those kind of take place almost in a a different continuity, it seemed. And then what he did in Generations, which was again in its own continuity. So, you know, he never had to do anything to follow back up on the story, but nobody else picked up on it either. But here's a guy, probably in prison, maybe walking around, that knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman.
1: I mean, we basically got two characters out of this story that never have been used again.
0: Yeah, the uh, the coroner also.
1: Yeah, we never... three. Damn.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then the other one was the, the cloaked woman in Paris. Oh, yeah, that was one of the ones I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she so, never shows up so, And I'm like... Well, we you never could, get a name for her either. Yeah, you,
1: you could do something cool with her. You could, you could, you could do something.
0: So I don't know if Byrne ever planned to go back and do any more Batman. Now, Byrne says himself that he doesn't like to do Batman Batman. stories per se because they're mysteries. You have to sit there and really set the dominoes in place, and it's just too much to sit there and worry about and think about to do on a regular basis. So he never had any interest in doing Batman books as a regular basis. But I kind of think that maybe he was planning at some point to come back and touch on the storyline again. yeah. But he just didn't get around to it, which leaves this big, gaping plot hole.
1: Yeah. I and mean, I think that's
0: also why he didn't want to talk about it on his own forum.
1: Yeah, because it's just... I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And uh, I, overall, I like the story. Oh, yeah. I give the whole... I mean, okay, let's just go on this one first. Well, cover. Mean, we
0: haven't talked really about the art at all. Well, and, yeah, let's and, talk
1: about the cover, the art, and the story.
0: Well, I mean, let's let's talk about the inner inner book story and art like, like we've been doing. Now, um... This one starts off with uh, that that the uh, the woman uh, killed in a room, and she had scraped into the carpet the bat symbol, and somehow they were able to do? conflate that with the other storyline, and figure out that she had some had uh, oh yeah because uh, with Jerry uh, dealing with the flowers, he had some of the stuff from you know his florist yeah. job that. Uh, was left behind as physical evidence that's how batman was able to trace him but uh, i actually like the the part in here the story of alfred and bruce and trying to figure out how to get bruce down to the Batcave cave when all those cops are downstairs yeah and what alfred does is really funny because he goes into the kitchen and he pulls out a roast
1: uh, yeah, pulls out a roast and t- uses the microwave, and he states they've only used the microwave like twice in in the, three
0: years. Yeah, in three years. Yeah, but somehow he comes to turn this within a matter of minutes. Looks like probably twenty minutes. Uh, he makes a uh,
1: no, fifteen. Remember, he said fifteen, and Batman, and you know yeah, Bruce said yeah, not yeah, a second yeah, that's
0: more. right. No, uh, eleven minutes. Later. So it's twelve minutes. Uh, okay, twelve minutes. Is it? Yeah. He cooks that thing in the microwave for 12 minutes. We're talking, like, prime rib, you know, is what it looks like. Or it could be, you know, a rump roast or something like that. But he cooks that in the, in the microwave and then just serves that Army, for the guys. You know, the ha- entire room. Yeah, has the guys come come in there and eat that. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know about you, but I know enough about cooking meat in the microwave. That's not going to come out good. It mm. might smell good. But it's not going to taste good. It's not yeah, gonna but this is it.
1: Gotham. You got to think about what they usually. get. Okay, well, there is that.
0: There is, that. <laughs> um, and this one actually gave us some Batman in Batman's costume, uh, doing you know different different things, and so we get to see some classic Jim Aparo Batman, which I always love to see. Um, now, and I don't think that Chris necessarily appreciates so much because it's so much blue. Man, no, I, I
1: enjoyed it. Okay. The only thing I didn't really care for was the black, the little black, you know, shading on the face. Oh, yeah. But when it gets real close in some shots and the lighting changes, like that shot there in the bottom right of the left page, uh, what page is that? 12. Yeah, page 12, bottom left, I mean, bottom right panel. Uh, I like that shot. That looks great. Yeah, uh, the only thing I can really say I didn't care for is where the ears were placed. Hmm. And that's because I, I prefer, I, my overall
0: favorite Batman well, look I, is I mean, Arkham Knight. The, the thing you got to understand is that the bat ears in comic books are floating ears. They, I mean, because if you look here, the, uh, on, on the top of page uh, 13, as he's standing there, the right ear is forward and the left ear is actually back. Whereas on the previous page, the left ear is forward and the right ear is back.
1: Well, that's perspective.
0: It, but it, it's perspective but it's, it's still they're they floating forward. Yeah. It, and it's weird. To, I mean like right here you can tell they're even. And when you go to the bottom right of page 13 they look yeah. like they're in the back of his head. Yeah. It's, this is really weird. But see I, I mean that's never ever bothered me through all the years of reading Batman comics. That's, okay I'm going to say it's that. It's consistent. That bothers me. Okay. And that's just because I, I I like you better than Robert Pattinson's ears, bat uh, ears. I
1: don't like how his are so thin. Yeah. My favorite bat ears, Arkham Knight, in the pristine edition suit. He looks great though. They're, they're not too long, but they're pointy and they look great. And, the, and, and in movies, it's Keaton's. But uh, for me in the movie, uh, I'm gonna go. My, well, my favorite is Ben Affleck's costume. Cause I mean, come on. You, you got to be honest with you. BVS Batman costume.
0: I don't. I don't know. Not I, so much. I, I still. I still. Uh, okay. I'll say this. I, I like. I like the costume. Uh. Yeah. In in BBS. I like the way the costume looked, but it is not per se Batman. It, but it was a cool costume.
1: I'll say this. My favorite. One of my favorites is Michael Keaton in the Flash movie. He looked great. Yep. But but uh, I did not care for Ben Affleck in the Flash movie. It was it was pretty mid.
0: But that was blue and gray. I mean, I I, I mean, I just, well,
1: no, it wasn't the blue and gray. It was just anyway, the costume look.
0: Yeah, I know. But we're we're getting away from yeah, this But sorry. let's go ahead and finish we
1: digress. This.
0: Now the the thing is that in in this story, and I almost get the feeling that uh, some of the pages were rushed a little bit, and I don't know if that was DiCarlo or Aparo or what. Um, but they they kind of look less like Aparo and more like Gil Kane. Um, with a little bit of Ross Andrew um, in the art. And I don't expect my son to, to recognize that because uh, he doesn't... But oh, that's you see nice? how this page here just looks different from all the other pages. Typically, that's not something
1: I, I you know I look
0: out for. But yeah.
1: I understand what you're saying. And I did feel that way when I was reading and this I'm, here, I'm too. And I'm
0: looking at page 15 here, by the way, is where I'm seeing this. Um, and, uh, I mean, it looked
1: less... It didn't look as right. And that middle page down there uh, below... I, it just didn't look right to me. Batman's face did not look right. Wait, what are you talking about here? That, that page oh, right middle, there. No, right middle, there. Right there. Yeah, it did wait, not look right.
0: He's trying to put his costume on over Burns. I know, no, I understand and so that. So he's gritting his teeth and he's sweating.
1: But, I mean, just the overall look, I don't think that's how a person's face would look
0: yeah. actual. And that's, that's just the, the artist trying to.
1: Yeah, it looks too comic booky, and that's where I'm going to say that.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I understand that. Um, but yeah, the the art here is does not look as polished um, as it did in the previous issues. Um,
1: and then you got the smile faced killer here.
0: Yeah, the uh, he's in the ski mask.
1: Pardon of my father, folks. Yep,
0: gotta sneeze. You. But that's it. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, so the killer that's has it. just debased himself to the point where he is just going to try and stab someone to death. Yeah. And where he had all uh, these nice elaborate plans uh-huh. with all the other ones. And then he's just. You know, yeah, but I love the way Batman's just sitting there, like, really? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. But, but yet, even so, the the artwork on that page, I mean, obviously, you know, the, you've got a guy in a Batman costume that's not Batman, and so he's not filling out. That. That actually looks fine. It looks like you know that. And the guy I, I I like this page more than I like the others. Yeah, but it's still not it's it, it the art in the these last couple pages is just not right as good as the previous yeah issues. and
1: i'll know? say it really stands out to me on that next page What's what's the next page there uh 21 21 on batman in the first page. oh yeah yeah See, he, he looks, like, the biology so looks so wrong he
0: the, the, yeah he his arm looks stretched out his and, shoulder and he, is like it, twice the size of his head yeah and it's i mean yeah it's really yeah it's not good
1: just the proportions of the body don't look right right and it really shows and on the bottom one too I mean they made his uh, the bottom on the left side of that page I mean they made his traps so freaking large he doesn't look human yeah so yeah. I'm like and
0: his head is further down yeah I mean it's yeah. he
1: looks more like the Hulk than Batman that's just
0: that's wrong okay well and on the last page and again a lot of thing I noticed in this whole book is that um, there was not a lot of backgrounds
1: yeah, no. This uh, and uh, I noticed it whenever they were in that like warehouse place. Yeah. A couple pages ago, the floor, everything, it looked really barren. Yeah,
0: and and again, you know, Paro's not necessarily one for doing a lot of backgrounds, but this one had a lot less than, than even mm-hmm. before. Again, it it something went on with this last book. It I was I don't know if it was the art, the inking, or or something else. Just you know, pushed them too fast to get it out too quick. I don't know.
1: But, um, I mean, I can say that the bottom middle panel on, which page is this? This is 22. 22? Yeah. Uh, the bottom middle panel, right there, he looks pretty fine. Yeah. I uh, say so he, he looks massive. He looks like uh, Arkham I, Asylum Batman.
0: F- his shoulders go way, yeah. everything, everything goes like way too
1: big. He looks like, like Arkham a- Asylum Batman. Yeah.
0: So like, uh, even here, the
1: biology looks yeah, off. Yeah, his, middle, his middle head cowl. is too high. Yeah, but... The, and then his back, or his back in his shoulder... His shoulder's too far. His pecs and the ribcage and everything. It's just wrong. Something, yeah, something went wrong here. So, I... I, I and I, the
0: I, cowl I, looks like Pattinson's. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the with the, the points up towards the back instead of being in the middle <laughs> like they've been. Okay, now let's look at the cover. And uh, the cover is just... This is my favorite cover.
1: That is my least favorite cover.
0: Really? I mean, yeah. I, 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 the, the thing is, you can see the shadow of Batman in the background coming into the window. Yeah. You can see a killer standing there with a I... knife, and a guy in an obvious imitation Batman costume. Look around the eyes.
1: It does not grab me like the last one did.
0: Oh, I love this. Because
1: I'm like, I can, I can. It it tells me what's happening already.
0: It already tells me what's happening. Batman's catching the killer.
1: Yeah, and can the, he stop him? Yeah, and
0: well, I mean, he doesn't happen in what's the Joker's five way revenge? Uh, well, okay, Joker's five way revenge and Ten Nights of the Beast, and this all have something in common, and that is that Batman's got to catch a killer, but they get a lot uh, of killing done, done before he catches them. Yeah, in in Joker's five way revenge, four guys get killed before Batman can save the fifth one. He saves one guy. Catches a Joker, and it's a victory somehow. And in the Ten Nights of the Beast, I'll... I'll, look, I'll tch- like, over a hundred people, people were who, killed by the KG Beast before Batman saves Ronald Reagan. One guy, he saves Reagan. Yeah. On, on the list of the people part of the whole Star Wars SDI. But I will say the ending day. between him
1: and the KG Beast was, was hilarious. Yes, I love that. Uh,
0: yeah, I love uh, that. I like I that ending. I wish they hadn't, you know, sullied it, but they did. Now, but, so, in in this particular story, you know, there are guys being killed, but Batman doesn't find out about it until very late in the story, is that uh, all these people are being killed, and then, of course, he recognizes who they all are, and is able to jump in. But, as this story winds up, the only problem that I really have with it was the fact that this guy, we never hear from him again. Yeah. And he knows Batman's secret identity. And, I mean, that's the thing. What can you do? I mean, it's not like Batman's going to kill the guy. Mm-hmm. And what, what, I mean, is he going to get John Jones to go under and wipe the guy's memory? You never know. Yeah, you, 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 you never know. know. Again, I think that John was going to come back in and, 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 and do something later. But this is around the time when, when his relationship with DC was a little bit sketchy and he walked away. And went back to Marvel and was just, you know... you know,
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, know,
0: and that's one thing we didn't cover.
1: But I'm going to say this. What? Cover, I'm going to rate it like a... I'm going to rate it an 83. This is my least favorite. 80... No, I'm going to give it an 80. An 80. I'm going to be a bit harsh on it. An 80? An 80. Wow, that's that's really harsh. And it's just because it... Doesn't do it for me. The first one could grab my intrigue a little bit But it feels a little basic the second one really grabbed my intrigue And I really would feel like I would want to grab that off the shelf and read more of it But um this one does nothing for me uh, It's still a good cover and I could see a lot of you know great shots of it. It looks you know aesthetically really pleasing It's just overall iffy
0: yeah. Um, now, let me uh, just give you guys a little rundown here before we give the grades. Uh, this, of course, is July 1989, and we didn't give what he'd done in the months leading up to all this. So May of 89, which is when issue 433, the first one, came out. That that time, um, Classic X-Men, of course, a reprint book came out. Um, I'm not sure that's a British reprint, so I'm not going to do that one. But Marvel Comics Presents number 18 came out, and he did the cover for that, um, I believe. But there's a Blinded by the Light, Naked Exposure, X-Men, Tease, A Christmas Card. That's what's in the Marvel Comics Presents number 18. This one Marvel is putting out a comic every week Mm -hmm. that had a bunch of stories and such in it um, to compete with DC Comics, Action Comics Weekly. Star brand number 19 finale, so that was the last chapter of the star brand. Uh, New Mutants number 75, King of the Hill, that's Magneto coming back out as a villain. She-Hulk, number one, sensational She-Hulk, number one. West Coast Avengers, number 44, and that's Vision Quest Part 3. So... Uh, Byrne basically had just come back to Marvel and was doing all these books. He'd wrapped up his Superman run uh, several months before, and he did this Batman story. So then the next month you had Batman 434, classic X-Men 34, again, reprint, uh, Sensational She-Hulk number two. Vox, number one, he did the cover for that as a friend, as a something a favor to someone, and they made a huge deal about John Byrne doing the cover for an independent book at the time in their advertising. They mentioned his name on the thing like five different times. How often do you see a book with John Byrne cover? You know, it was crazy. And then um, West Coast Avengers, number 45, Vision Quest, part four. And then finally, the one we just covered... Um, Batman 435, Classic X-Men 35, Marvel Age 76. And so I'm figuring that's just like a, a, a artwork of upcoming work in Avengers or Sensational She-Hulk. And then so Burns started writing Avengers, just writing it, uh, at issue 305. He had She-Hulk number three and West Coast Avengers number 46. And, what? Bring it back, man. Okay, well, I'm coming back. I was just saying, we, normally whenever we cover these books, we always go over what came out during that time. Yeah. And I normally did at the beginning. I didn't do it at the beginning, so I want to cover it right here. But going back to the book itself, um, the cover, he gave it an 80. I gave this one a 95. Uh, this is a solid A for me uh, in detail, form, and everything. That's a cover that's going to get me to pick it up off the stands.
1: Yeah, that's uh, not for me. And All right. I think we know that.
0: Uh, as far as the story goes, um, I'm going to give it a 79. It's
1: lacking. I'm yeah. not going to give it a 79. I'm going to give it like an 84. Because I was, I was satisfied while I read it. And I was like, okay, this is a pretty good story. And if they adapted it, I would wish them to rewrite more of that ending in this final uh, issue. But overall, if they adapted this ending, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. If they did it in the movie. That's just what I'm thinking.
0: Okay, well, and so what? what's your score? Uh, I give it an 85. 85, mine's 79. And then for the interior art, uh, I'm going to give it an 81.
1: Uh, I can't, I'm giving this a 75. Okay,
0: yeah, I mean, I, for the most part, it's okay. There's just a couple pages yeah. where it, it went off the rails, and at some points it didn't even look like a paro. Um, it looked like on that one, that, that uh, big full-page spread, page 20, it looked like they're trying to ape uh, Joe Kubert. It does
1: look good, that one. I, I like that page. I
0: one. like it, but it's still, it's not a paro, and it's just, it it seems off to me. Yeah. But I, I, I still like it, because I love Batman showing up there that way, and him standing there, arms akimbo, but with the cape draped over. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so with that, this one for me is a, a overall a low B. I think yours is a a low B also.
1: I agree about an eighty-one overall yeah. on this issue. But uh, but the entire story st- miniseries story, uh, I give it an eighty-seven.
0: Really? Okay. Wow. I mean, you know the the thing is the entire series. I still think yeah, I I'd give it an eighty-nine. You know, and again, mm-hmm. that's because it's '89, and, and Batman '89 came out and, a lot of '89. Yeah, but no, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed revisiting it because I don't think I, I mean aside from the first issue, I don't think I'd read the whole story since it first came out. So um, I was glad to revisit it, and I'm glad that we yeah. were able to cover it here.
1: hmm uh, I, I very much enjoyed it. It was very interesting. Yeah. Now, um, now that we're pretty much over with that part. Uh, I do have a topic on John Byrne, I do believe. Everyone would find very interesting. What's that? I'm scared. How we feel about the Man of Steel and run.
0: Well, I mean, that's something we can cover in a future sideburn. Yeah,
1: we've got to. Because uh, I have very, and I don't think y'all are going to like me.
0: Oh. Uh, I, have, I have very strong opinions about that. I might, I might have to bring in some other guys in just to keep me from, you know, doing and bottling harm to them or, or anything. No, no. You've but, heard these opinions yeah, before, know, and I you know, agree with they, me for the most part. Because they, 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 they make you know, sense. I'm putting words in my mouth. No. Anyway, but what, that's for another day. Now, yes. the, the fact of the matter is is that you know here we are coming to the end, uh, and, and normally we talk about what's coming up next. And what what is coming up next? Not 100% sure, because um, Chris and I are actually going to be recording more stuff together, but we're not going to do it here. Uh, yeah. Not on Third Degree Burn. So, this is
1: a little side announcement for everyone here. If you enjoy hearing me and a younger generation talk about this kind of stuff, and you enjoy hearing the older generation, such as my father, talking about this kind of stuff, um, we do have an additional member who will be joining us in this show. On YouTube, you will find us uh, Mm -hmm. soon. Not yet, not probably when this comes out, but soon. Called Crisis of Infinite Opinions. And this is our show where we are going to be talking about any and everything comic book superhero I, related.
0: But I think we're also gonna be doing a little bit of back and forth. I'm gonna show him older stuff that I think is really cool. He's gonna show me new stuff that he thinks is really cool. hmm And, you know, maybe I, I can sit down and read a new comic book without, you know, throwing up or, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, probably. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably not. But um, yes, it will be m- me. My father, and my mother, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh, occasional
0: guest stars, or you know, yeah, whoever may
1: join us here, you never know. Um, But yes, we
0: invite any and everybody who listens to this
1: to come and join.
0: Yeah. All right. So now uh, we we would like to know what you think about what we talked about today. So please. You can either, on Facebook, tell us what you think at the post of the, uh, of the episode. Or you can write us at gotagetburned@gmail.com That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. And if you leave us a, a review there, especially a five-star review... It, it widens the audience. It tells other people, hey, people like this this show, you should check it out too. We could really use that. So if you could right now go to Apple Podcast, give us a five-star review, tell us why you love us, and, you know, I mean, we, we can't offer you money, at least not publicly. Um, so it, we'd really love for you to go and and, and tell everybody how much you love us. Uh, that right there should cover everything for the show. Do you have anything mm-hmm. else you want to say before we go? Um, not booger.
1: No, uh, shake and not stir. Shake and not stir. All
0: right. Well, for third degree burns, side burns, my name is Brian Hughes and this is Christopher Hughes. Say goodnight, Chris. Good night, everybody. Wow, he didn't say goodnight, Chris. That's cool. All right. Well, have fun, everyone. Bye bye.
1: Just want to watch the world burn.